Too many people have got into this industry on the back of the celebrity chef movement and that's attracted the wrong type of people. This business isn't rocket science, but if you want to do it right, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. You've either got to have the passion for food or service or both. I'm a little bit concerned that if we keep going the same way forward, especially with automation as well, is a big issue. As the world progresses and advances and you know technology evolves, it's about what I want to bring in to my restaurant and what I want to keep out to help me keep close with my clientele, basically. We're just gonna end up with a big divide of just fast food restaurants, nothing in between, and then just fine, fine dining that costs a fortune. My guest today is Kirsty Thorpe Jones. Together with her partner, they are the owners of the Bass and Lobster restaurant in Gori. And we're gonna talk about seasonality and also something they focus a lot on at Bass and Lobster, which is local ingredients. Kirsty, I appreciate you finding time to come to Hospitality Insights, especially because we've been trying to get this done, you know, for a while, but you guys busy, you and your husband, we're going to get to the, your story, you know, I want to know like how you go into hospitality and after that we're going to talk about Bass and Lobster and your commitment to local produces and not just that, you know, seasonality and everything else, because I think you guys are a bit different from this perspective. You really try to, you know, to be as seasonal as possible, mm. as local as possible, which is something probably unique these days because it's really hard. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I want to know like how you go into hospitality and, you know, what dragged you into this in this, into this industry? Oh, well, like a lot of people in hospitality, generally fall into it. I was born in the sink when I was 15. My first job was KP. Went through the kitchen for a number of years, then started out in the front and they were like, no, that's where you need to be out the front, utilising <laughs> what I'm utilising right now. Always got a lot to say. Um, and from there, then the passion started growing. It wasn't until really, you just do it as an automatic thing, you know, you're earning money. I didn't, I didn't, never wanted to go to university. I don't know why, I just, I didn't want that. Street. I didn't want to get in loads of debt, to be honest with you. And I was already working and earning money and I like got a good work ethic. So I think that's how I came to it. And then, then the passion started coming then about actually the passion about the food and a passion about service as well. So that's when you start training properly, you know, um, and then all the way up, it's important to probably mention that uh, although me and my husband have got different paths before when we got together, that was when it really started tying in. It wasn't just about us coming together as a, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. It also brought out a lot of passion for food and the service industry that we're in. So when we first moved away from where we met, we met in Spain, um, it was our whole idea of going and basically sharpening those knives almost. So we moved to France to work for a moth accredited chef there in a little place called Royan. And that was the first time that we worked together. And then I think that was probably the first little tickle of, oh, is this something that we want to do for ourselves one day? And it's just at every point where we've moved or gone to a different job or anything, everything's just sort of happened at the right time. But just as long as we've worked very hard along the way, we seem to have reaped the rewards of it. Yeah. Are you are you from Jersey or Dave is from Jersey? Or? No, I'm from Kent originally. Um, Dave's from Wales. Grew up on the uh, uh, Welsh border. Because um, I'm we, always interested in how people get here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always this background story to how, if you're yeah. not a Jersey person, how you got here. Um, we originally wanted to travel the world, so he, but he basically he started working in the... And a place called Ludlow and moved down to, he's done, he's worked in London, he's worked in Spain, we've worked in France and then to Jersey, but we met in Spain. Um, and yeah, we just decided that if we were going to go somewhere and start brand new and the whole basis was going to be our career, how we could increase our knowledge of our industry basically along the way. So then when you moved to Jersey, when was the... When was when when was that you we came to Jersey and was it that you open what, did you open Bass and Lobster like right after your arrival to Jersey or you work here a bit and then after that you decided we actually came to Jersey uh, we just left France uh, we were meant to be moving to China but we missed our visa date for uh, um, and they only had two in visa intakes a year at the time and um, it was. Uh, at a point that my husband said that we just need to find somewhere now, just, just for the meantime. So the first place that scouted him out was actually the Royal Yacht to do a trial there. 
So he went and he did the trial. And while he was there, the Grand approached him as well. So he went and did a trial at the Grand and preferred that for himself. Um, so we both moved over together and it was only within a few weeks I had a little knock on the door at the hotel room at the Grand and the Deputy General Manager was uh, here at the door and she said, I heard that you do front of house, would you like to come and work in the Champagne Lounge? And so that was it from there. Um, while I was at the Grand, Dave moved from the Grand and went to the yacht before he went to run the kitchen at the Bass and Lobster for the previous owner. I stayed at the Grand all the while. I went I was made a supervisor within a couple of months running the Champagne Lounge and the Terrace. Eventually, I ended up in Tassili with Nicholas Valmagna, the chef there, and was there for quite a while. Uh, I was there, in fact, when they got their latest rosette as well, so I was quite proud of that. And then, What year was this when you worked at the Grand? This is about six years ago. Oh, okay. Six years ago, so... Um, yeah, and then the, uh, the previous owner of the Bass and Lobster said to my husband, I want somebody to come around the front. So obviously he thought he could think of no better candidate <laughs> than his wife. Um, and so we came and then the previous owner left. And we have to give a, probably a very special shout out to Sir David Kirsch, who said, I, I want you and your husband to take over. To take over. I will give you 50% shares. I'll have 50% shares. And then in the November following everything opening up after the pandemic, we bought the other 50% of the shares. So we became 100% of them. But if it, I don't think if it had been for, for Sir David offering that, whether we wouldn't be in the same position or not, you know, we can't 100% say that we would have been that lucky. So. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a story, yeah, to get from. Probably you, you never really planned probably to take to Jersey for in Jersey for a long period of time. You know, it was more of a transition, but you ended up, you know, opening a, a nice restaurant, mm. very respected, and you guys doing great. I mean, I think you are, I'm not sure, probably always kind of top of TripAdvisor clients love you, mm. which is great. And yeah, I wanna kind of like talk about I know probably Dave would have been more suited since, since he's probably the 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 back of house and your front of house but oh he's the brains of the outfit for sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm, sure I'm just the mouthpiece <laughs> but i'm sure like you both kind of understand each other really well and that's mm. why the business works well because obviously mm. otherwise i was just talking to some from cafe spice the other well must have been like the previous episode yeah so i talked to him about the dream team if you have the dream team which you guys are the dream team because one is the back of house and basically one the front of house you know working together i'm sure like every now and then there will be some sort of arguments because it's just the way it is like kitchen and the front uh, of, the house, front of yeah. house is always something i'm sure like in in this situation you guys have something you know even if little because it always happens but you make it work in a really harmonious way which is which is amazing but now i want to talk about this in, you you really based on local ingredients and you kind of like want to take that to a next level which i see that in you it's not like i've been only twice i think to your place but i can see that from whatever you guys posting on social media whatever people talk about and even it was steve walker here if you know yeah, him. I know, yeah you know, know steve, steve walker. Yeah. okay so i used to work with steve in the past but yeah he was talking about about the seasonality and everything he's he's got a bit different approach but he was saying that you guys are on that path, you know, you try to do it see as season as possible, you try to do it local. Is it hard? How do you find it? You know, to can you can you continue? Do you recommend this to a place in, like this in Jersey to, to do it the way you guys do it? Because I find it really complicated. Tom was mentioning Tom, you know Tom as well, from he was saying, ah, you know, consistency is not really there. It's kind of complicated from that perspective. You know, today you get something, tomorrow you don't. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, this is the beautiful thing about our menus. And we have such a regular clientele now who have totally, totally signed up to the way that we do things. So you can just change things out. The main staple things that go on our a la carte, we change our menus quite often. In fact, it's a bit of a thing that we kind of know that the chef knows we know the menu because he'll change it the next day <laughs> just to keep us on our toes. But it is constantly moving that menu, number one, so those regulars have always got plenty to choose from and also to cover seasons and, and, and what's available out there. And specials are a great way of doing that. We all pretty much always have quite a big specials menu, but that is really drawing on things that, again, are local and might have limited numbers, you know, but then I guess you're focusing, because from what I'm getting, you know, from what I can see, so if let's say something comes up, you know, I don't know, let's say local sea bream, then, you know, that's going to be available 
as much as it lasts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the following day, maybe crab is a bit more in abundance. Then you go with crab. Mm-hmm. And then is that the way you kind of like work with it in order to keep it as local as possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So things like the local bream, um, if it's named as a bream dish, then it's going on the specials. If we've got 12 fresh bream come in from JDS Fisheries or Dunross Fisheries. Um, shout out to the fisheries. Exactly. We will have shout out the suppliers definitely through yeah, this. Because really we'd been, we'd, without them, we'd, we wouldn't have this business. So, you know, and it's so important to uh, for the public to understand that it's not just about a restaurant, not just about the people yeah. that are working in the restaurant. It's all of those people that are coming in it's that back door. such a big door. mechanism, yeah. It really, really is. Um, and if it's bream, yeah, and we've got 12 portions, we keep it on the specials until those 12 are sold and it comes off the specials. Things like catch of the day that are uh, permanent staples on the a la carte, you just call it the catch of the day. And whatever is available is going to be the catch exactly. of the day, which, which makes is sense, going yeah. back to, you know, very old school, but right school is the right way of doing things. Um, and things like the we have the courgette flower on at the moment. That's one of our famous things. And of course, that only comes along once a year yeah. um, if it's going to be local. But the, our regulars are used to it now. So two weeks before I even had it, they were like, it's the courgette flower coming <laughs> back. It's the courgette flower coming back. So it's also about creating excitement about eating seasonally as well. You know, somebody knows this isn't going to be here. That's fine. I'm looking forward to having it when it is there because you've got plenty of other things on offer. And that's what you keep doing. You just keep moving to the seasons and planning your menus that way. So I'm seeing that you guys have a special relationship with the suppliers and I'm trying to get someone on the podcast and I'm sure I will eventually because nobody really says no, but as soon as you kind of like try to, oh, you know, we need to do it and then, you know, they find they're busy and I get it, you know, it's complicated, you know, it really is and they been battered you know by all these after covid and with mm. covid and you know now trying to to get back on track and you know supplying all the restaurants and so who's who are your main supply who are your best friends in this in this in this industry you know from this perspective our best friends for sure has to be a big shout out to graham dunross fisheries gabby and layton at jds fisheries chris and chloe gould are our absolute hand diving legends um, and then the Hughes family, also a big one for us. Funnily enough, it, it was their son who started supplying us first, and that's our Freddie, who supplies us with our quail eggs. He was 11 when he first started wow. supplying us. Um, and since then, we've, uh, we now go to Dad, Jeremy, who uh, rears pork and lamb on island for us as well. So that's really important. For Sprout Farm, Bill and Bruno, up at Sprout Farm, grows lots of lovely produce. Um, and of course, we can't forget Nina and Gordon at Three Oaks Vineries as well. They do amazing business up there. And of course, they supply the local co-op. So I would urge people to, when they're buying things like green beans, tomatoes and things, look for the Three Oaks Vineries label on there because you know you're getting it local. So what are the challenges? Now we know like who are your friends, but then, you know, obviously it's not sunshines and rainbows over this industry. And it's, I mean, not necessarily I'm talking financially because many people talk about staff. Are you okay from this perspective? Um, from the staffing perspective, well, to go to start with the kitchen first, because when you set out a question to me and it was phrased in, are you having as much problem front of house as has been experienced mm. in the kitchen? That really brought it home to me because we haven't had a lot of issue with kitchen staff. Oh, we've had one we've had one chef leave us because he wanted shout new, out today yeah exactly <laughs> Keeping it all together. exactly um <laughs> he wanted new experience so that's the only reason left otherwise we've got the same staff we've got one new chef oh, well but the other staff have been with us all the way along um front of house has been a completely different thing entirely and um is dave blaming you for that <laughs> could be <laughs> um but it has been an issue yeah. and maybe because it's seen unfortunately by the wider public as a less um, professional job as being a chef Um, but it you know it takes a lot of knowledge to run the front and you have to be very fastidious in how you do things and always smiling and you get more connection with people I think it's great from that perspective exactly you're you're literally there with the people you know exactly what people are wanting but I have to say and when we talk about what the government does as far as the hospitality. I mean, I know the JHA, they're the people that are best equipped to talk about things like that <laughs> on a much more in-depth scale. But if it hadn't been for the government opening up the uh, overseas visas, um, I think this past year would have been a lot more difficult for me. But I have uh, two lovely ladies, um, Minnie and Ade, on Kenyan work visas. And they've just made such a difference. And they're so loved in the restaurants where they've just totally fitted in. They're just... The thing with the bass and lobster and the thing with any restaurant, it doesn't matter what your merits are or what you've got. Mm-hmm. If you don't fit, 
it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, and the customer can feel that. And I think that's why it works so well now because everybody who's at the Bass and Lobs working, it's, it's a home from home. We just fit together, you know. And the thing is, you get shine. a lot of people, a lot of regulars, you know, so they expect, you know, certain uh, the service to be in a certain way. So you, you need to have like a consistency even at the front, not just food-wise, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's important from that perspective too. Yeah, exactly. People, especially regular people, if they know that they're coming to frequent you time and time again because they love the food and uh, they love the service. Yeah, you, you've got to make them feel valued. They've got to know that they're valued by you you know and in return they don't just want an autonomous service either they, they want to know about your background they want to know who you are so it's um it's almost a symbiotic relationship to be honest with you you know it's beneficial to both they make us feel like we're achieving and they get fed and they're happy you know and they feel yeah, valued fair point. i mean i would i would actually like at some point you know to get someone of those because i had somebody else and jamie from um keysight yeah he was saying you know how how committed these guys are, you know, whether from Kenya, but I'm not sure, like there are a few countries, you know, that recently seem to pop up, you know, coming, not just the Romanians as we used to be in the past and Polish and so on. So now it seems to be a bit more from overseas, you know, and they are apparently really committed and they're really here to do the job, work, mm -hmm. make money for their families, because obviously, yeah, they're not going to, most of them are not planning, I guess, to stay here mm -hmm. just for a season. And it's great to see, you know, that there's still a bit of a passion or there's still a bit of a, a commitment to this job because it seems like in certain situations it kind of gets lost which is a shame mm. um yeah it's complicated yeah i don't know I, I just think sometimes how can we make it to be more exciting for the new generation and i don't really know you know whether it's the school system whether i don't know hours you can't really change much because it's mm. just the way it is you know you need to be there on bank holidays you need to be there you know it's a, i mean like okay in your in your situation actually people working for you are kind of lucky because you guys close on bank holidays, but not all the places do this. Mm. And I think it's complicated, you know, getting, getting people to, to work these hours, you know, when, when, when the nine to five people are off, you know, you basically need to be at work and it, it's, it's a hard one to kind of take on board, I guess, mm. from that perspective. Okay. So now we know like you, you've been, so you had this restaurant for how many years now? Um, so it came into our ownership in June 2019. 2019. I know it's probably early, but have you ever considered it's like, oh, this is Bath and Lobster Gori, we're going to do one Sambrelat. Have you ever had that in mind? No, no, we haven't. Well, my husband probably has on final <laughs> nights, you know, a couple of reviews and it's like, yeah, site B, site B. Um, I don't think so. I think, I think as soon as you split like that, then there's compromises that are going to be made. And we're, we're not at the top end of our game. We're not perfect. So for us, it's about being where we are in this one place and just keep pushing forward, keep being innovative and keep polishing our craft, basically. So we, I don't think we would contemplate a second place, not unless there's another three days in the week or something. <laughs> <laughs> How is working, you know, this, I, I always kind of, okay, my wife, she's never really going to be at the point, you know, I work in hospitality and I kind of crossed my mind. I was like, oh, it'd be great, you know, if I could work in the kitchen and she would do the front. But she, uh, she doesn't really like it. She was not that skilled from that perspective because you need to have a certain skill. Mm -hmm. People think, you know, that being a waiter is just like a, a secondhand job, but it's not. Being a good waiter is actually such a skilled job, you know, making really people is. feel welcome making people feel like, I don't know, like they belong to mm -hmm. the place, you know, so it's complicated. But how do you, would you recommend, you know, to a couple, you know, getting into this journey? Do you find it like really complicated? Would have been easier if, let's say, you were not a couple, let's say, or is this, is this the strength for of the business? Um, the strength of the business, yeah, is our commitment to each other and to the business. Um I don't get me wrong. There is times, obviously, where you can feel <laughs> can like you could just, yeah. But that has always been, that's always existed between the back of the house and the front yeah, of the house. So it's about identifying as a couple what's about you as a couple, or is this just the chef and the front of house manager <laughs> having the usual disagreements? Um, the one thing I've been asked before about by somebody who was going to work with their partner, and I said, and then they asked for advice. And I said, I went into it and I just treat it like any other job. And the one thing that you can't do if you're a couple, if you're a couple is do that. 
You don't go in and just go cold and think, oh, I'm just front of house and just back of house. You don't go in as a couple because you'll be kinder to each other that way as well. Because all of a sudden you realise, hang on a second, I'm not talking to somebody who's going to go home at the end of the day to their family completely separate. I'm talking to the person that I love that I'm going home with. So I'm just <laughs> going to be a bit kinder. Yeah. So we've learned that along the way. And the more we've done that, the more it's solidified what, we've, what we're doing. Um, I wouldn't want to work for another chef now. I have to say that. So if because I'm so passionate about food, food production, yeah. this industry, I wouldn't want to work for another chef. So I think that says everything you need to know about us working together as a couple. Whether we have fallouts or not, there's still nobody's food I'd rather take out of a kitchen. So. Oh, well done there. Yeah. Very powerful that. Yeah, I'm sure like you, you making you proud, you are proud of what Dave does and I'm sure it's the other way around. So yeah, that, that makes you, you know, really powerful. I'm asking these also because I've been on the island for 11 years. It might be that I wasn't really informed at the time or so on, but still like recent years, I'm saying three, four, five or whatever years, um, still you guys basically kind of like got it and you kind of brought it to the to the place it is today. Bastian Loster, I don't think in my opinion was that well known. I mean, you guys kind of like gave you a bit of life. Probably, how long has been the rest? Do you know? Like so how? 16 years, I think. It was Roger White of Seafish Cafe who was so, the first person oh, to okay. set it up as a restaurant. So 16 years. But yeah, then, you I know, to so. be fair, I, it's just in recent years that you guys done such a good job that everybody's kind of like talking about it. And I, I would gladly recommend it, honestly, because if someone is coming in Jersey and said, you know, I want to try something local, I don't know what your menu is going to be on that day. Mm. But knowing that you're kind of focusing on that, I would gladly recommend them, you know, go to Bass and Lobster because you'll get something local. And the price is decent mm -hmm. comparing to, let's say, someone that's, I don't know, okay, Tom, you're going to kill me for this. Uh, <laughs> going to probably uh, Sunfire, for example. I think you are a bit more, you are a more affordable and a bit more relaxed atmosphere when I was there. I do like that, you know. Mm. It's, it's pleasant, mm. you know. That's why, you know, same thing, you know, whether... And I'm not talking just food, I'm talking the atmosphere as a whole. So I do like that, you know, when it comes to Bastian Lobster. And I think it, you guys have a lot more to offer. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just curious what, what, the, what the coming years will, off, will, will, will show us. Do you have any plans, any business plans, you know, that probably we can, we can talk about? Or you just want to do good food? and then see what comes out. We're really simple creatures, to be honest <laughs> with you. That is literally our whole ethos. Mm. We just we, we just want to get better and better, more local. Or we like to be a little bit innovative with the food. We don't want to, you know, there's lovely, don't get me wrong, there's lovely places you can go and have a lobster thermidor or things like that. It's just not our mindset. We'll just want to take things. We wouldn't do a prawn cocktail with a Bloody Mary sorbet on it and things like that. Just that little bit different, a little bit unusual um, casual, relaxed environment without having to compromise quality, you know? Do you guys still do those amazing ice creams? Like, I don't know how many, it was crazy. I remember because that's how kind of like, that was, that was kind of disrupting the market. It was like, oh, these pants and lots of doing, I don't know how many ice creams, you know, all together. Yeah. That was crazy. I think hubby was trying to take on Baskin Robbins for a while with the amount of flavors <laughs> that we had. Um, <laughs> The only thing that helped reduce it was the pandemic when we didn't yeah. use the freezer. Um, but but then when we came out of it, hus my husband said, he said, I'm not doing all this big list. I'll, I'll do homemade. I'll do nice flavors. Um, but I'm not doing this massive list uh, again, which our customers wholeheartedly disagreed with. And slowly <laughs> these flavors crept back on. As they said, no, you need to bring back the tarragon. Where's my red Thai curry ice cream? Even the breads, yeah, you make, you make such an interesting... And I like making bread myself, but some of the ideas Dave comes with, I'm like... I never thought about that. Yeah. The one just last week was the Jersey Jersey Royals and locally foraged fennel in our bread. And a couple of people were like, potatoes in bread? And But no, it went down really well. So really good flavor. If anything, it made it creamier. So yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the good thing about it, I guess. Okay, so... What's the most popular dish in, in your mind? And what's been popular, like a signature dish of, uh, do you have such a thing? Because it's probably complicated having a signature dish if you are local and things change are so dynamic. Do you have such a thing at Bass and Lobster? Um, yes. I would say if, if you want to go for seasonal, that the it's named after one of our customers named it. She named it the crab moussey thing a couple of years ago, and that's the courgette flower. That is literally people who are coming over on holiday and now booking 
And they were like, Specifically was, for that? I was here last year. Will wow. you have the courgette flour? And we like, can I have it when I come back this year? You know, in the next the next couple of weeks, I've got little courgette flour notes next to people's bookings because they want it. Um, uh, Caesar salad. Uh, Caesar salad, as Caesar Cardini intended. We've got anchovies in that dress. It's one of the best Caesar dressings ever. And anybody who likes a Caesar loves it. Um, our scallops, we're known for our good quality scallops, again, with the help of Chris and Chloe Gould. Um, so they're very, very popular. And yeah, ice creams. If you want to know, it's not the best dish or anything, which we'll change the garnish on all through the year yeah. because of seasons. Um but yeah, even that isn't ordered as much as the ice creams are. People want the ice creams and people who bring other people are like, don't look at any other desserts. You need to try their ice cream. So yeah, we really the How many you've got now in a, in a menu? Probably reduced to the crazy amount you had in the past, but how many you've got now? Yeah, we you... definitely got up over 40 before. Um, yeah. He'd probably be able to tell me the exact number now if he was sat next to me. But we're around about the 20 mark again. Oof. And when we came back, I think we only had about 14 when we came back, opened up after the last lockdown. So so going back to staff, because I know you, you guys fortunate, at least in the kitchen, you know, to keep this up, which is very... Which is crazy saying unusual because, you know, it shouldn't should be the normal, you know, mm. keeping staff for a long period of time. But obviously it doesn't come always to the to the employer. It, it it's about their ethic and you know, mm -hmm. it depends. It's up to them really. Uh, what's the secret? What do you think Dave does differently? Uh, especially on the back on, in the kitchen, because you're saying front of house is kind of changing and it's it's a bit more difficult to retain them. What do you think is the secret of keeping them longer? Um Pride, I think. I think they've got. Pro they're proud of what they're doing. Um, he never says. He never says. He doesn't need feel the need to control the whole menu. If Alex or Simon comes in and says, "Oh, I was thinking about doing this," he's like, "Make it. If it's any good, I'll put it on the menu." So you know, you're actually not you're not just coming they in being in line. Then yeah, they're not being line cooks. You know, they're not. They they are actually having the opportunity to come in and chef. You know, um, other things when Jeremy. First time Jeremy brought down the whole pig from St. Peter's for us and to watch those boys' eyes light up as they were butchering it. You don't see that. I mean, you don't see that in kitchens anymore. So there's, mm. so they're being challenged yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, Steve said that. Yeah, mm. it's, 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 um, it's a skill yep. or skills altogether, you know, that shifts kind of like low, lost throughout the years because, mm. you know, they've never even seen. I mean, to be fair, I, it never have, I never done it myself. Mm. I mean, you know, coming from Romania is a bit different because yeah we got our traditions for christmas and all that so we kind of do a bit of that we although not myself but i've seen my parents my grandparents you know do a bit of butchery like homemade style but <laughs> not at the level not at a high level which is great that they've tried to kind of like bring those uh, mm. skills back so mm. yeah i think it must be exciting for the guys you know having someone you know that's really passionate and they have a word you know in menus and everything else mm -hmm. so i kind of get it why why it goes well from that perspective but what can we do? Do you have an idea of what can we do, in your opinion, to bring, to make this industry a bit more appealing, to, to not make it look, I, I keep saying, you know, secondhand job, but it's, it's really no, unfair. I feel right. But That's it, a very really good un terminology. Yeah, it's really unfair because I wish, you know, we can, I can get away from it, but... It's unfortunate that, you know, that's how many people see it. Mm. Do you think there is something we can do, you know, to make it be more appealing well, for I think the young we, generation? For the young generation, we need to get in there really young. I mean, when we worked in France, there was 15, 16-year-olds that were at hospitality academies that were doing, you know, their on-the-job work training. It was a different mentality, you know, in the British mentality especially, I don't know about elsewhere, but you're almost seen as servile if you want to come into this industry, you know. And I've had Jersey people work with me who love doing the job. And one of their friends has turned around to me, oh, aren't you nervous that somebody you know is going to see you? Why would you? This is a great industry to work. It's extremely hard work. You've got to be pretty strong. You've got to be pretty strong-minded, pretty strong in body. It's long hours. So you've got to have the passion, first of all. You've either got to have the passion for food or service or both. Um, but we need to start doing something educationally at a much younger level. We need to have an outlet at a young age that, you know, little kids interested in cooking, cooking in the kitchen, they can start learning from a young age and, and apprenticeships and things like that. You know, I feel like that would help to change the, mm. the overall mentality. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. Now, you guys are foodies. I've seen, you know, posting, whether on Facebook, whether you like, you know, trying certain new things. From what I'm getting, you know, I know that I know you well. But what are your, do you have three favorite local restaurants? I mean, this might be a, a hard, probably. Uh, oh, well, answer. funnily enough, we love Samphire. Absolutely love Samphire. No, I, I love, think Tom is good. I it's love good. the really food good. that comes out there. It's such a. It's and again, it's like you said. It's about being comfortable as well. We really love the dining room as well. So it, we love going there. We were only there a couple of weeks ago. Actually, my sister was over on holiday, and we're like, right, Samphire, <laughs> off we go. Um, Suma's Sunday lunch is absolutely amazing. We're absolutely you posted, yeah. posted the other day. Or yeah, something. we just yeah. we just joined there because it was their last Sunday lunch. So we were like, because in um, are we in and around all over Gory, all over the island? Um, yeah. So, but Samphire is definitely our favourite. Definitely. Yeah, it's great. That, uh, Tom is really passionate and mm. I really wish him well. I really wish, I know he wants that start. He's not told me one that start, you're you, you lying. Um, yeah, and I think it would be a fair, I think it would be fair to get it. But yeah, it's just hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard even doing whatever service, even like a lower standard. What about, you know, trying to, to achieve that? I mean, you guys are already doing really great because you are recommended by Michelin Star, with Michelin Star Guide. Is that helping you in any way? Do you feel like he's giving you anything anything back? Um, I don't know whether it has. I guess we'd have to ask some people when they book if they've done it from TripAdvisor where it says that we're Michelin mm. recommended. Um, we have had it as a negative before oh. on a review, yeah, because um, it was a Belgian person, so they're not reading in their first language for a start, so I understand that could be an issue. But um, yeah, he had the fish and chips and then was annoyed that we were a Michelin-starred restaurant and selling fish and chips. So exactly, it was, yeah. So yeah. it was just misunderstanding what we're tagged under, you know. Um, I think anybody anybody likes accolades. It's obviously, it's recognising what you're doing, but it's not something that we're looking for. Yeah. All we want is a nice full restaurant. I love to hear the buzz of the restaurant when it's nice and full. People enjoying our food. Love. It's nicer to have... People te- who've eaten our food tell us that they've enjoyed yeah. our food and how much they love us. I think that's more it is a Michelin inspector. I'm sorry, but yeah, fair it's point. Got to no, be, I no? agree. And then you know, most of the guys that I talk to here, and which they were in Michelin in the Michelin world, they said the guy is not what he used to be anyway. It's it's and it's complicated, you know, uh, sustaining that start after that because oh, you need to change the calories, you need to change that. And I was like, it was meant to be about food in the end, you know. Mm-hmm where is the food in all this you know and it's 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 getting like less and less percentage you know that that counts mm. which is unfair so i think you probably you guys being at the recommended level i think that's probably the best place to be because mm. you don't have that pressure you know oh, i've got to start i'm gonna lose it or right whether recommended or whether not you know people will still love your food anyway exactly so, yeah i see that all the comments on TripAdvisor, you know pumping all the time and so people are really kind on TripAdvisor yeah. keep reviewing us and it's so great for the team as well yeah absolutely yeah I mean you, you guys doing a great job from that perspective are there any restaurants that you would like to see on the island I mean we've got quite a few already but is there something else that you would like to see here in Jersey I don't think so I think we've got lots of different cuisine available and as we say lots of produce that is available um let's see in some places, more variation in the menu. But like, we like other places to sometimes not be so fearful and just run with the, that current, because there's food, fa- food is fashion as well, you know. One place puts a chip basket everywhere, puts a chip basket. <laughs> Change to a brioche roll, everywhere's doing brioche rolls. It's, so there is that, but people should be less fearful of just trying new things. If you know your flavour profiles and you know how to pair things and give the variation because... People want the variation, and that's that's what we we feel like we would like to see more in Jersey is variation on menus, because you know if there's something there that's I've not seen in any other restaurant, it's everything I like on there. I'm like, oh, I haven't had that before. I'm going to try that, you know. So that would be what we would we would want to see in Jersey, and no chains either. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are great from that perspective because uh, owning your restaurant, I mean, you and Dave, you know, you guys can you know just change things you know like this you don't have to ask oh whether you know this gets approved you know is he gonna go by executive chef to see and he's looking at it oh no this is not going in if you feel like it's right it's going in the menu so from that perspective you're already kind of like doing this you mm-hmm. know so you probably want to see more restaurants like back at bus and lobster then 
<laughs> in a way. <laughs> oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds really bad. I'm not a narcissist, I promise. No, <laughs> no. but I think, you know, in a way, I think we, we need that, you know, because um, I, I definitely think that is needed. Mm. And, you know, having something like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tom is doing a great job with what he's doing at Sunfire. And there are a few places that are kind of like following the same path, going local, trying to support local suppliers. And, you know, it's, it's a chain in the end. As you said, you know, you it's not just... It's not just the front of our back of us, and because it's so much more behind it. And I think we all need to work together to make it work. So I think that's what you guys do. And there are a few other places that do that, but I think a lot more could could kind of like join. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the hospitality as a whole would be a better place. Oh, absolutely, definitely, definitely. Perfect. If let's say, if let's say there is someone you know coming to you with advice, I want to open a restaurant. What would be your advice? Be sure you know what you're doing. Um, um, prepare for hard work this this if you've got a talented chef it's and he always says it and he's absolutely right this business isn't rocket science but if you want to do it right you've got to work hard you've got to work hard um and the chef will work even harder still (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, yeah, definitely be sure of what you're doing because the hospitality industry that we're in now is different to 20 years ago when we were first starting. What's the difference? I want to talk also about that. I mean, since you brought this up, I mean, we've, we're going we're gonna to stay a bit on it. Mm. From when you started to now, how have the customers changed? How has the industry evolved, you know, or maybe whether up or down, most likely down, unfortunately. But how do you see the difference from when you when you were first time in, in, the, in the trade to now? Well, so far as the customers, actually, and I've got to give them kudos here, they're actually, um, there's less of a barrier between the customer and, and the server, especially if you're the right sort of server, especially if you're willing to go across that boundary as well. Before, <clears throat> and in lots of places, it's very much, and this is what has contributed to the servile mentality. In fact, to sort of be seen and not heard sort of thing. It doesn't work like that now with the customers. The customers want to be involved um, with the whole process of eating out at a restaurant. So far as the actual industry itself, too many people have got into this industry on the back of the celebrity chef movement. And that's attracted the wrong type of people. Um, this is, as I said before, a lot of hard industry. And I don't just mean like hard working. I mean, we're pretty hard people as well. Okay, we've got no, three ladies got no problem with t- moving all the furniture and turning around the room in 15 minutes. We do that and we don't need anybody to help us with it. Um, you know, um, yeah, we joke about the wrong things. We, <laughs> you know, we all like to have a drink, pretty much most of us. We enjoy that. Absolutely fine. Um, but now we're going into an industry and we do long hours. We do very, very long hours with, you know, not enough probably rest time. But to me, that was the industry that we got into and the, the payoff was everything that happens as soon as, you know, as soon as you open that door, it's the payoff of the happy customers and serving that food and... Um, I, don't, I don't know whether it's necessarily the same. And I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that if we keep going the same way forward, especially with automation as well is a big issue. Um, we're just going to end up with a big divide of just fast food restaurants, nothing in between, and then just fine, fine dining that costs a fortune because we need, we need the feet to be running through these middle restaurants to, to help keep the industry going. Automation for me is a big, big issue. I was in... Singapore recently and out came one of these robot things with the food on it and it was just like ah no ordering on apps and things like that that's 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 not going out to eat that's yeah I think it's losing a lot of the like what you guys stand for you know local community Mm. everything you know like a warm welcome you know when you when people come in and smile it's far away, I think, you know, and I agree, you know, the hospitality, I think it's it's about people. Mm. It so. is about people and you've got to connect to them. So you've got to think about every job that you do within that day, what brings you either closer to the customer or moves you away from the customer. I'm not even a fan of the iPads, ordering on the iPad as they're looking down <laughs> and you're trying to talk to them because they're trying to find what bit that is. I can write your order out and still maintain eye contact and conversation with you. So I am still very old school with a pen and piece of paper when I take your order um, while having conversation with you. So it's things like that. It's what things, as the world progresses and advances and, you know, technology evolves, it's about what I want to bring in 
to my restaurant and what I want to keep out to help me keep close with my clientele, basically. Okay, so that's hopefully AI is not going to take us all, you know, any soon, or at least not, not the hospitality industry, which is really complex. I don't know. I mean, certain things, you know, cooking especially, it's so complex and it, it'll be, I'm not saying impossible because certain things, you know, that it's already happening, but not at the level that, you know, to offer a proper customer service and everything else. So I think for maybe in our lives, I like to believe this at least, you know, that we are safe from this point of view because there are a lot of people thinking about money. It's like, oh yeah, I can replace free people with a robot and I'm going to make even more money. But I think, you know, in for businesses like yours, where you are like heart and soul into it, you know, it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So I don't see you kind of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to replace, you know, so the ladies I work with, you know, with, with a robot because it, my, my life will be so much easier because I can just program it. I don't see you guys doing that and no. or thinking about that in a positive way, which you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you, so now talking about the, continue talking about the business, the restaurant, because most people, <clears throat> as you said, you know, they get into this, some, some people get into this being the romantic thinking, you know, that they know how to cook a pasta dish and, okay, I'm going to open a restaurant, which is crazy, but some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, are you affected by by the rising cost of everything now? Absolutely. Like, are you? Absolutely. Do you feel like do you feel like the customers? You know, it's they have a hard time now dining out, or do you see a change from that perspective as well? Yeah, definitely have seen. I mean, they, right, right to the basics: cooking oil, butter, things like that. Which, <clears throat> if you've seen our menus, you probably appreciate that we do like our butter. <laughs> um, Right, so these are the base, back, what we call background products, which you're not going to necessarily see written on the menu, have gone up exponentially. So it's meant that there has had to be an increment on our prices. We've literally oh, yeah. tried to just do the bare minimum so that if we took that increment off, it would still be pre-pandemic pricing. So it's literally just to cover that. Starting to see the change in mentality as well as a customer. Um, we know everything's gone up. Um, we know that that's having an impact and in a way it's got to there's no way that the governments that we believe in the UK and here can give out that much money during a pandemic and things not start to be recouped elsewhere and then it affects produce it affects everything down the line um, but people are still coming out but uh, I feel like as well that the media ha- needs to hold a bit of responsibility for a bit of scaremongering as well. People are literally, just like they were with the pandemic, pepper, 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 with all the scariest things you could, they're now doing it with the cost of living crisis. It's always everything just immediately on the news, immediately comes up here, there and everywhere. And it's just putting this mentality of fear in everybody that will then affect how they do things or, or what they go and spend. You know, they will come into the restaurant now and they'll have a conversation or here, after I've given out menus, are we having starters on mains or mains and desserts already cutting that third course because they're trying to be more careful with their money? And fair play, absolutely, you know, at least they're still coming out. We appreciate that. But um, I think so far as that, it is, it is changing people's, the way that people go out and eat. Yeah, I was talking actually to um, with Jamie from, from uh, Keyside and he was saying, that they get a big hit, big hit on the food. So they're trying to kind of like somehow absorb that cost, whether, I don't know, with drinks, hopefully, you know, people, because you know how it is, you know, you get a menu, most of them in most situations, you barely cover your ingredients. It's just there in, in most situations to hope that someone is going to get a bottle of water, is going to get a wine, and then kind of like make it work from that perspective. Because mm. that's not really the profit there. Mm. So do you guys do a a bit of that you know where you get a heat on let's say on the food and then you kind of try to cover it with the drinks uh, is it a bit of that or you just increase and then because it's no other way well it's a bit, bit of both probably a bit of both um, but yeah again all the the drinks prices go up on a yearly basis regardless anyway so um that has to be covered um but yeah, I think really we just we just try to just do the bare minimum increment on the food and, you know, hopefully you get the numbers. I mean, we are really lucky in that we have such a big, regular, local clientele. And we always said that we wanted to aim for the locals because being where we are in Goree, mm-hmm. we're not in the harbour. 
So the harbour will obviously experience peaks and troughs through the seasons. You've got Tontivy stops their coaches right in the centre of the harbour. So you know you're going to get a rise in business. We're not, we haven't got coaches stopping outside. So originally our business plan was to aim for the locals, keep the locals happy. They'll keep us going through. They'll be our bread and butter in the winter and I see your winter and I raise you a pandemic. But they, that's what's happened. They've kept us in business, you know. So we just get the steps through the door. So rather than having to just increment everything so that we can grab that money during the summer and, you know, that'll keep us going through the winter... Um, we're quite even like that, you know. We get tourists coming in the summer. Yeah, because when I asked you earlier, I, I mean, not necessarily surprised, but, you know, most people are like, ah, oh, you know, till he's just now, he kind of like starts this month when when he starts kind of getting busy. But you were saying, oh, we kind of like being constant, you know, yeah. which is which is great because you kind of form your pool of uh, customers, you know, that whether it's summer or winter, there will be still... Uh, They'll speak loyal, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. yeah but what, what sets you apart? Because, I mean, there are a few places there. It's not like you're the only place in, in Gori. What do you think sets you apart? I mean, we kind of, like, touch a few points. But why would, let's say, people go to you instead of Sumas? Or what else is in the area? Because I'm going to do really bad now and finding restaurants around you. But then I yeah, just, what do you think sets you apart? When, when, what is the main decision when people will say, you know what? This is the place I want to go to, whether it's summer or, or summer or winter. Well, a lot of the time it is because of the variation in the menu. Um, we have uh, couples that come to us like once a week, even um, or once every two weeks or something. But it's because they said, even if we know we've only been a couple of weeks ago, we know we're going to still see something else on the menu that, oh, that wasn't there last time. I'll have that. Um, but we don't really like to think of us as setting ourselves apart. It's really important to us that we're part of the gory community. You know, we've got drifters around the back of us, family owned just like us. You've got Sumas down the road. We've got the ranch now down there. We've got moorings, feast is there. We've got a lovely cafes, even Rona's at the, so on the beach. So good relationship with all these businesses? Absolutely. Well, that's great. Then. Absolutely. It's really important to us, actually, to my husband and myself, and not even just in, it's very important to us in Gory because that's our immediate vicinity. But I think since the pandemic, there's always been healthy, com- you know as well as there's always mm-hmm. been healthy competition in this industry yeah. between each other, which, which is good. Yeah, exactly. But now it's the, there's an edge that's gone away from it because of how much we know we've been through in the pandemic and what a struggle it's been to just try and keep an, an industry that can't work from home <laughs> mm-hmm. going, you know. So um, it's made us a little bit more tight, tighter as a team. You know, if, I'll, if somebody comes in one night and we're fully booked, then we immediately tell them where everywhere else is. You know, I've had, you know, the people come do down from the Do you get that the other way around? Yes. You do. Yes, we which do. Is a fair People come from Sumas. People will be staying at the moorings and Matthew and Islin have sent them down to us as well. Um, We'll take family, we'll go and eat in all of these places they do as well. So it's, I think it's really important in this industry to show support for one another because actually we're all in a similar difficult position. We all, and we're the only ones who really, really understand it because we're in the industry and a lot of lay people don't, and you probably experienced this before, don't appreciate yeah, the absolutely. background of our industry and how hard work it is. For them, it's just lunch or dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. I feel like, you know, it's, it's really powerful. Like, although it's, it's a small island, town is a bit of a wild west. You never really hear these kind of stories. You know, like you say, oh, I've been recommended, you know, if let's say we are fully booked, uh, Royal Yak will never probably say, I mean, I work there and I know it never happened. Probably now, I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. But it never really was like, oh, yeah, you guys, if, it, if you are fully booked, yeah, we recommend you going to the Grand. I never really heard these kind of stories. Mm. Or same with the food, you know, if let's say Sirocco um, is fully booked, you're never probably going to hear, oh, go to Tassili, which is unfortunate mm. because I think that relationship is it's really beneficial. Both you recommend, a, you know, at least if I was a customer, customer and, you know, I get a good recommendation, I will... Be a happy, a happy customer thinking not even if I didn't did not I didn't dine in that place, you mm-hmm. know. Such a nice gesture, you know, getting me to the right place, especially when you're a tourist, you don't really know around and yeah, exactly. all that. And it's really powerful that you guys doing that. I feel like that's such a just such a great thing to do, having yeah. that relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah, I feel amazing. It's necessary for just to understand that we're actually all on the same <laughs> side. So um and 
not just in this industry, it doesn't just have to be one place that succeeds. Everybody can succeed and um, it creates, especially when you're in Gori and it's that little area. If you can get people, like if you can get tourists there and they're pretty much staying in Gori because there's enough places to go, enough places to eat and everything, then that's fabulous for everybody. Then it's not just about the Bass and Lobster being a success or the Moorings being a success. Gori is a success as a destination. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is really... Yeah, it's really good that you guys think in this way. And, you know, you want basically everybody to succeed because you all do something different in a way. It's not like if you're going to go to too much, you're going to have exactly the same things like you do because each one of you, although you are in the same area, you have your own twists. You have your own kind of like things that you've got in the menu. I'm sure like they, not, they don't do the, the flowers that you were talking about in the menu. You are the king of the flowers. In the yeah. <laughs> exactly. No battle so, of the flowers yeah. yet this year. <laughs> But they probably do better, slightly better from other perspectives. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. they do fouille de mers and things. We're not doing yeah. fouille de mers and, you know, and then you've got moorings and you've got your beautiful tablecloths and you're right there, and, you know, with the cafe on there as well. Um, it's a, and Drifters, again, is good home cooking fare. It's lovely. Oh, they do a lovely Sunday lunch, actually, as well. It just made me think of that. <laughs> um, and absolutely lovely people as well. And, yeah. It's just, we all offer something a little bit different. People have asked me before, well, we don't sell our ice cream out of a window or something. And I'm like, because I've got Stuart's ice cream van there and Rona there. Why would I do that to them? You have my ice cream when you can come and eat in the restaurant. You want to walk around on a promenade and eat ice cream, give them the business. That's such a fair play. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I actually never, I actually, yeah, good shout. Yeah. That's, that was a good question, you know, as a customer, and why you don't sell your ice cream just like like you you would do on the, on the street. Because I'm sure you guys have business for that because it's really popular and I, although I never tried it because it, it happened that I went when I visited you guys it was during winter and I'm not the kind of guy and probably even if it was in the menu you know I wouldn't eat ice cream in the winter but I'm sure at some point this summer I'll get there and I'll try your ice cream absolutely no question about it Fantastic. now if people want to find more about you guys whether you or Dave or about the business where do they find you in terms of social media everything's all through Facebook Husband is all over Facebook. He loves it. I oh, agree. God, yeah. He's there spamming your news feed. Sometimes customers come into the restaurant like, no, Dave's been on my news feed all day. I know what I'm having already. Um, and he's really dedicated to that. He's just started. We're older generation, so I'm still not on Instagram, would you believe? He's just started getting onto it as well. Um, but well yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's good that you guys keep posting, especially, and I keep saying, because I work with, with local businesses in like promoting, them. I'm talking hospitality, because that's what I like. Mm. And I do videos and all, all that, social media management. And I'm like, it's really important, TripAdvisor, for people that don't know you, you can be as good as you can be, as crazy good, you know, locally. For someone that comes from France or Germany, you know, they would go on TripAdvisor to see like what, what at least... That's my habit, you know, going into a different country. Because, mm -hmm. but TripAdvisor is always there. And oh you no, go us through, too. Yeah, you go you through do. reviews, see if they make sense, see pictures, and you kind of, if you are experienced slightly, you know, you see a picture of food, and you know that it tastes good, you know that feels right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really powerful, and it's great that you guys continue on that path. You know, posting more, be a bit more discovered, to, to be discovered, you know, on mm -hmm. on social media. So everything is online on on Facebook. Uh, Bass and Lobster is it Bass and Lobster jersey or I can't remember what's your page oh the Bass and Lobster the Bass and Lobster okay I don't know why I thought it's the Bass and Lobster jersey but no it's Bass and Lobster so if people want to find more about you you'll be there absolutely perfect it was such a pleasure having this conversation honestly amazing and I really wish Dave when you finish with all your cooking and everything else come and see us and we'll do we'll do one with you as well uh, even as a couple you know I'm, I'm kind of trying to uh, get a better setup where I can get two people because I'm mm -hmm. sure it'll be so interesting and I think you guys should at some point and I'm sure at some point we'll, we'll get you together to talk more about this industry because you are so passionate and I like this lovely thank Perfect. you so much absolute pleasure thank you thank you